everybody, it's Mike Jeffers, Chicago Jazz Magazine, chicagojazz.com, and welcome to Around Town with Chicago Jazz. This is a festival jazz fest preview edition of Around Town, and I am happy we, we caught up with Shane here from the Lowdown Brass Band, one of the original members. He is out in Colorado, so he has a much better background than I do right now, and it looks <laughs> like the weather is holding out, and those guys, oh, look at that, look at that. That's great. Looks like the uh, the weather's beautiful out there. They just got into town. They flew into Denver, and they're playing a, a, a show in Aspen. So happy to have him jump on real fast so we can preview the Jazz Fest show. Now, many of you probably know Lowdown Brass Band. They've been around Chicago for – Shane, how many years have you guys been around now? Oh, man. Uh, I'm embarrassed to admit that we've <laughs> been around Chicago for, man, almost 20 years. But in this iteration of the band, it's been about eight or nine. Okay, 20 years. Though. We've gone through lots of changes, yeah. Yeah, man, man, oh, man. Well, that's awesome, and it's awesome. It's very rare, especially in, I suppose, jazz slash, you know, crossover genres to actually have a band continue on, you know. 30 yep. more years, you'll be like the Grateful Dead. So, you know, there you go. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's awesome to have you on. Now, you guys are actually playing – um, the Chicago Jazz Fest, not your first time at the Jazz Fest. You're going to play September 2nd, and you're actually up on the Harris Rooftop stage, which is kind of a very cool little location. And for those of you that are watching this and you're going to get lost when you go there if you don't know where it is, so I'll tell you, it's on Randolph Street, and you take the stairs straight up. Now, if you show up between 3 and 4, you will hear them, so it won't be a problem finding them. But before you... Before they start, you want to go straight up the stairs right off of Randolph, right before you walk into Millennium Park. Um, kind of an unusual setup for you guys because you guys bring the bring the thunder. So I would have thought you would have been out on the main stage. But this is a cool little place to see you guys in an intimate setting. So right. for those of you that haven't seen Lowdown Brass Band, you don't want to miss this. But for those of you that have seen the guys, uh, this should be pretty cool. So... This is not your first time at the Jazz Fest, but what can people expect to hear? Some of the stuff off the uh, recordings that you guys are touring with right now? Yeah, there will be mostly songs off of Lowdown Nights, which just came out in um, February. And then um, the real sessions, both of which were recorded during the pandemic. Um, and uh, yeah, we've been touring around all summer and been getting great response with the new music. And uh, it's still that same lowdown party atmosphere, but uh, the songs have just gotten better. The lyrics have gotten stronger and more meaningful. And uh, yeah, still all that great jazz improvisation and everything to mix it up. You know what I dig about you guys? Because you guys have, have transformed. I remember seeing you guys well, probably 15 years ago now or something. And it was more of kind of like a brass band street kind of groove, that whole thing happening. But now you guys are actually really mixing in hip hop, mixing in soul, mixing in all sorts of different harmonies. Um, it, it's really crossing over all the different genres. When you guys are playing, you're out on tour, you're obviously playing larger rooms and probably getting a mixture of casual music fans and, and people that just love your music and just building your audience. I mean, was that part of the plan or did it just organically happen that way because you guys have been together for so long? Well, it was a little bit of both. I mean, we've been together so long and traveling so long. In fact, right before the pandemic, the band had had its best year ever. We had played at Montreal Jazz Festival to 40,000 people. We um, uh, were, had our best year yet uh, ready to come. And then, of course, as what happened to everybody, the pandemic hit. And, and uh, it was actually a good thing for us. We had been kind of going so hard on the road that we needed that 
reset. Um, the natural evolution of the music, though, just happened from being on the road and seeing what the audiences were responding to. And it was also the natural progression of just us. Mm -hmm. Like you said, when you first heard us 15 years ago, we were doing a little bit more of the um, of the uh, sort of second line brass band thing and um, kind of paying homage to the greats before us. You know, just like most brass bands do, we were really heavy on the New Orleans second beat street mm -hmm. stuff. Uh, and then we we had gone down to New Orleans. We had played with a bunch of New Orleans bands. And we kind of had just got to the point where we were not from New Orleans. We're, we're from Chicago. And Chicago has its own unique sound. And we, were, we really wanted to pay homage to the city. And the fact that we were all a horn band, Chicago is just such a great city for horns. And all of us have played in so many different kinds of bands. You mentioned the switching of genres sometimes, how our music goes through hip-hop, soul, funk, pop. Uh, reggae we have a lot of dance hall in, in our music and that really is just a result of the guys having been a part of so many other great projects in Chicago over the years we just started bringing our, our own music our own original ideas um, to the group and just kind of really started finding our own unique sound that's that's I think one of the things too and you brought up a great point because I didn't think about it but you know I think a lot of groups and a lot of bands you got to you, you you think you need to keep playing keep playing keep playing and touring and playing but then sometimes when you're you know unfortunately forced to take a break like the pandemic it actually because you've put all that groundwork in it probably allowed you to kind of like take a breather slow everything down and say what what do we want to do here and pull all this music together that you've probably been playing but haven't really had time to work on and put it together and that's how you came out with these two recordings it's absolutely right. Uh, you know, and just like everybody, the pandemic, you know, made everybody sort of kind of like reassess their values, reassess uh, what they wanted to say. Uh, for us, that was a big deal. You know, of course, during the pandemic, you had all the COVID stuff going on, but you also had all of the uh, George Floyd stuff that was going on, right. all the major racial movements that were happening during that time. And uh, me uh, and Billy Kemp, uh, we're do all the lyrics in the group and we just we sat down one day and, and the band has kind of always been a little bit more focused on you know the party life the the sort of street beat new orleans sort of vibe and we really just kind of wanted to make sure with these last two recordings that we were saying something that it was meaningful it wasn't you know we're still about that good time and still about the party and everything but there was a way for us we knew that we could connect to the people just a little bit more so that when they left the show they would have a little bit more to hold on to and listen to in their car and really just get to have like a relationship with the band yeah yeah and and it's almost like the natural progression too right i mean it's almost like you guys matured to the point sure. where then 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 you can start actually um getting behind things and getting a little bit more meaningful because you've got the audience and they know which, what to expect when they come see you. So it's, it, it's, it's one of those things though. It just takes time, I think, in the evolution of a group. And also, I mean, you guys have really changed the sound of the group from when it first started. I mean, that you can really hear that. I love the new stuff that I was listening to on, online. I mean, it's, it, it, before it was like the street beat thing and all that got everybody whipped up into a frenzy. But now I'm, I mean, I'm hearing harmonies. I'm hearing a lot of the, uh, the more focus on a lyric, I think, than sure. the hard groove that gets everybody nuts, which is still there, 
Yeah. But, you know, was that just part of the natural progression too? Or you, I mean, the harmonies are really nice, man. It sounds really, it sounds like a smooth, uh, like an R and B thing happening on some of that stuff. I love it. Thank you very much. Yeah. It, like it was definitely a natural evolution, but it was very purposeful. Yeah. We had for years always tried to in the studio kind of capture the energy of our live set. When you see the band live, as uh, you know, back from even 15 years ago, we bring this big energy and it's just a fun, great time. But uh, when we went to the studio, we would try to capture that. And sometimes we, we could and sometimes we did. But we really never had time to sit down and really focus on our studio sound. Uh, we really sat down with each other and talked about, well, the band sounds great. And these live sort of album, live-ish albums sound great. But we really want the people who see us at the show to be able to go take an album that they bought at the show or go online and bump this music in their car, just like they would, you know, uh, WGCI, or, yeah. you know, yep. V103 or uh, because we, we felt like if we could do that, we could just reach them just a little bit more so that the whole scariness of sometimes the horn music in your face is sounds so much different than what you hear on like radio and on pop radio. And it's sort of kind of like tricking them into the good music. It's like we want to give them some of those elements that they might find in all the pop stuff that they listen to and all the hip hop stuff that they listen to, but doing it in this instrumentation and still paying homage to those who came before us and to the great tradition, but kind of moving the brass band genre up into the mainstream more. Um, and that's really our goal. That's really our purpose. We just want to reach more and more people. Well, you know, it, it, you're, you and I could talk about this probably for an hour because the whole reason why I started ChicagoJazz.com back 20 years ago is because it was like, to me, with jazz, it just needed to reach a wider audience. And it I'm did. a huge believer in having the Jazz Fest or any of these huge jazz festivals. It's almost like the um, the trade show for jazz in a specific city. And if you have this 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 music that can hit the casual music fans. Now jazz isn't so scary. All this stuff isn't so scary and so impossible to understand. You bring them in, you suck them in, and then they can start to explore out from that. And that's what I love about you guys is that you're reaching out. You guys are you know pulling in all these people that are like they they don't know what genre music you're playing they just love the way it sounds and that always brings them in and i mean who knows somebody might go check out a, the the lowdown brass band and say man that trumpet was killing man and then find miles davis or find you know freddie yeah. hubbard or whoever it is and that's the best way i think in in 21st century to expand out and then bring them in and then you, you know i mean look at tower of power i mean you know the the stuff that those guys are laying down and playing but if you're sure. a casual music fan, you just like the beat and you like the yeah. lyrics and then you start to explore. So I love what you guys are doing and how you've grown because right to your point, I mean, you're hitting that audience, that GCI audience or or some of the old R&B audience that would never come out and hear something that's happening like you guys. And they don't even think of you guys as anything other than that's low down brass band. I love that tune. Let's go check them out. Yeah, we it's very pur purposeful what we're doing right now. We're um, one of the big things for us is like, even though we, we are hitting those casual music fans is we want to make sure that we, once we grab them, that we show them the, how it's all linked yep. jazz, all the pop music that you hear is all linked back to Congo square as far as back as you want to go. And 
and if we feel like if we can get them to the place where they, we've got them captured and then we can teach them that league. In fact, we have had a moment in our set the last couple of years where our MC Villa does this whole speech and just talks about the lineage of the music and the connection of the music from Congo Square, from Louis Armstrong to Jimi Hendrix to Jay-Z. It's all connected. It's all the same. This great diaspora of Black American music in, in the U.S. is all linked to the music we hear today on all of our favorite radio stations. And it's, it's not something that's even hard to do. It's so easy to find that connection once you just sit in and stop worrying about, oh, jazz is old or improvisation is old or hearing when you see horn players, that means it's an academic music, blah, 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 blah. Right. It's just so not true. And I feel like in the last 20 years or so, we really kind of lost that connection to just the great history of the American songbook and American music in general. And so what we we're very purposeful about that. We have lots of these conversations. We talk about it a lot. That's that. I mean, that that's awesome. And that's what this music and all the different kinds of music need are, are groups like yours and uh, personnel and people like you being able to think about this specifically and thinking strategically on how they can push it out in a certain way. I mean, you, you and I both know, I mean, I, you know, you get asked about, well, you know, I hate jazz. I hate, Oh God, I can't stand it. I say, I always just say, well, you like Frank Sinatra. Oh, yeah. I love Frank Sinatra. I'm like, well, I hate to tell you something, but uh, you, you actually like jazz. So sorry to yeah. hear that. <laughs> yeah, one of the icons. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, you know, it's, it's that whole way of things are presented. And I, I, I agree with you the past 20 years, it, it has lost that connection. And I think, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that, you know, kids are pushed into the jazz programs in school and then it's very academic that way. Whereas, you know, it's just, it's not in the mainstream, but groups like yours, like the Lowdown Brass Band is doing that. And that's the good news about them being at the Jazz Fest. And a little plug again. So September 2nd, Chicago Jazz Festival, Harris Theater Rooftop at 3 to 4 p.m. right there. Of course, Chicago Jazz Magazine, plug, plug. We'll have a booth again at the Jazz Fest. We're not doing merch, but we'll have a booth there too. So come on down and see us as well. Now I have to ask you too, because sure. you know, looking through all this stuff and I haven't talked to you, you guys in a while, but you actually, you guys opened up for Bon Jovi, huh? We did. Yeah. Early this year, man, that was a crazy experience. Um, it was amazing. It was up in Milwaukee in the Fizzard Forum where the Bucks play. And um, it was just so cool to, it was kind of, it's, it's interesting that we've been talking about what we were talking about because after it all went down, I had a chance just to kind of meditate on it. And it's like that right there is basically the perfect example of how um, a rock musician, right? Like who was huge in the eighties and has pop hit after pop hit saw and recognized in this kind of band that we were kind of doing something similar. It's linked, you know, it's, it, it's just a great way. I felt like for people to be introduced to us fans that would have never found us. Um, after that show, we had countless personal messages from people who were just like, yo, I've never even thought about liking a band like you guys, but you guys rocked my socks off. Yeah. You know, real rock and roll lovers. And man, it was just a great experience. Anytime we can play in front of that many people, plus play in front of that many new potential fans, it's just a, an amazing opportunity. And everywhere we go, we're spreading that same message that we've been talking about this whole show. 
uh, we, you know, we talk about the links um, to the American songbook throughout history. You know, we're trying to spread this message of love everywhere we go um, and of acceptance of all kinds of music, all kinds of people, all kinds of walks of life. And man, it was just a, an amazing experience to get to do that. Well, it, it had to be, and that's why I brought it up because of what we've been talking about. And I love the fact that Bon Jovi is actually doing things like that and bringing a local group in and having them do something, which is not like, you know, the, the, the music, you would not be called a Bon Jovi cover band, let's just say. So, no, we would not. <laughs> so it really adds to the whole thing. But you know, it's similar to like Steely Dan always is traveling now with a with a with a B three organ trio. You know, yeah. I mean, it's just they're opening it up, and I think more groups that do that and put groups like yours in front of their audience talk about opening up the minds and bringing people in. So that that's incredible, and I'm I'm glad that happened for you guys. Thank um, you. So one last thing before I let you go, I did find this on your website too. And I, I, I didn't even think about this, but the uh, LBD, the education. So you guys actually go in and do clinics. I'm assuming when you're traveling and stuff, you're able to go do clinics and what an opportunity for you guys to come in and actually talk about what we're talking about, but then also work with the groups and work with band directors and work with different school districts uh, when you're in town and the kids get to learn from professional musicians that are actually on the road doing it. So what kind of feedback have you gotten from that? Man, it's one of the things that we're very proud of and very proud to say that we've always, you know, been a part of going into schools and, and working with these bands. When we go in there, it's not like your typical academic clinic. We, we really go in and we basically one of the big things we do, which I think is one of the coolest parts of the clinic is we teach the kids how to start their own brass band if they want it, or how to start their own band. And then we literally make up a song on the spot with them from nothing. So we break off into groups, we bring it together. We talk about one of our basic formulas of how to create a song, right? And we'll create a song from top to bottom with maybe even a chant for a hook. And by the end of the, the um, clinic, the kids are playing a song that we made up that day. And when we talk to them, we talk to them about how we know you guys are in bands at school. We know you're in jazz bands, but there's lots of opportunities for you to just get together with your friends and create art in that way. School is just teaching you the basics. It's up to you to go out and get with your friends and have these same opportunities that we had. I mean, Lowdown was started by just kind of a bunch of guys sitting around drinking talking and always hanging out and having a good time together we just happened to be musicians and mm -hmm. one, one day we said hey let's do something special let's you know this is something we see in our city that we don't have a lot of it's something we love we have a love for let's see what we can do and and man oh, all these years later we're still evolving and we're still creating new music that's meaningful and impactful and we just try to push that message to the kids that hey, don't be scared of this this is not hard to do you can do it find people you love to do it with and start your own group. That's, I mean, and that's such a, such a key too that you said is because, you know, school gives you a foundation yeah. and you need to go figure it out and start doing it so that you can get your own voice. And by having you guys come in who are doing it, I mean, that's that, you know, now you're not just hearing it from somebody that he, they're telling you the same stuff all the time. They're actually experiencing it and seeing you guys are doing it and that's got to be hugely motivating for the for the students that you're working with so that that's awesome man yeah 
All right. So one more time, Lowdown Brass Band, lowdownbrassband.com. Of course, they're going to be at the Harris Theater September 2nd, and they've got a ton of shows coming up. I know you guys are at Hey Nani locally, I saw coming up um, in the fall, but there's also, you're touring all over the place. So visit the website, find out where they're at, check out the new recordings, go see these guys live. Shane, thanks so much for taking a few minutes while you're in Colorado before the show, and good luck with the rest of the travels, and I will see you at the Chicago Jazz Fest. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate it. And I want to say before we go, I watch you all the time, man. I really appreciate what you do for the community. Thank you, brother. Bye. Thanks so much, man. I appreciate that. And uh, I appreciate all of you for watching as well. And of course, as I always say, all the information is at chicagojazz.com. And come see me at the Chicago Jazz Festival. We'll have the booth. And until next time, hopefully I will see somebody out on the scene.